Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Uh, tonight we're talking about a lot of stuff. We're talking about The Strain. We're talking about Falling Skies. We're talking about The Bridge. We're talking about some shitty comedy show you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff. Where do you want to start? Let's go with your first show here. Uh, so I want to talk about the Nick that's coming out this Sunday oh, on AMC. Clive Owen, not AMC. Jesus Christ! Yeah, on Showtime, uh, Cinemax, Cinemax. Ooh. So this is the first of an ongoing effort to for Cinemax to kind of rebrand itself. They've already had some successful offshoot shows like uh, Strike Back and Banshee, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm fans of both. I need to complete my collection and view them all but uh this is like more hbo type territory yeah and to kick it off they've lured brian soderbergh they've given him complete control he is the uh i don't know if he's a writer actually but i know he's the director he is the editor he's the principal photographist he's had complete control he's allowed to hand select his cast uh, it stars Clive Owens as a surgeon at the turn of the century, 20th century Knickerbocker Hospital. Okay. And I thought it was going to be more of a creepy, penny, dreadful type show, which I'll also be talking about. Yeah. But the reviews I'm seeing is more of it being uh, another like social commentary because there's a lot of uh, turn of the century racism and uh, breaking of that type of glass ceilings and debates. There's a lot of... Um, you know, horrific biology surgery scenes. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of Clive Owen chew- chewing the shit out of scenery. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, just kind of the fact that we didn't know a whole lot about anatomy, and this is still a very much a learning and a taboo type of process. Yeah, are you interested at, in any of that stuff? I kind of am. Uh. I've always really liked that sort of turn of the century, um, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of stuff. Right. Uh, it feels like, you know, the, the Jack, the Ripper kind of stuff, that sort of thing. Right. I've seen a lot of movies. There's, there's one with Anthony Hopkins that I can't remember the name of that was really good. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in that era. So I, I think this could be interesting. Certainly, Clive Owen is a very good actor. Right. Um, I, I don't know anything about the other members of the cast, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely am going to watch it. Uh, I hear from a lot of people, um, Alan Suckwell described it as a B-plus type of show, and he's seen hmm. seven episodes. Okay. Um, the things he praises about it is just it looks phenomenal, which you'd expect from a Steven Soderbergh. Uh, joint. I don't know if you're familiar with everything he's done, Some but he's behind the Oceans 11 series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Girlfriend Experience, which... Nope. You haven't seen that? <laughs> um, nope. Magic Mike? <laughs> uh, okay, I did see that. He did uh, Behind the Candelabra, which was the uh, uh, for HBO last year, which was uh-huh. the um, Liberace biopic, which I thought was pretty cool. I never saw that. A uh, really good-looking film. Um, so he's done a, he's, he's, he's done Solaris, um, Aaron Brockovich out okay. of sight. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff and they all look, they have a very distinctive, um, kind of, hmm, how would I describe that? Uh, who's the guy that makes transformers? Uh, Bruckheimer. Is it him? <laughs> no. Michael Bay? Michael Bay. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're, like, they're if, kind of the same if, thing. If you took Michael Bay, it's kind of like the warm, 
you know, very Hollywoody type visuals and you just yeah. put in a half a brain. I feel like that's huh. his kind of visual, you know, cause he does, he, he loves his daylight hour or his, or his magic hours film. And he loves everything to have kind of like a sepia hmm. glowing look about it. But I'm, and I, and I've heard that the show looks like a million dollars and I'm above all else an audio visual horror. Sure. So if the show can look good and have a half way decent plot, I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, I would if I already had Cinemax. I don't know that I'm going to go purchase Cinemax just to see the show. That is so weird that you get HBO and Showtime as a bundle, whereas I have HBO and Cinemax. I didn't get them as a bundle. That's oh, really? The thing. I got HBO and then I got Showtime. See, I get HBO for free. It comes with on the Time Warner account that I got because they're owned by the same company now. You got Cinemax for free. Sorry. Okay. Yes, like HBO and Cinemax. <laughs> I was like, how did you manage that? I have HBO and Cinemax. I might know a guy that can give you oh, the boy. Cinemax Go or whatever the fuck they call it. Cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy is me. I'll juice you up. But no, um, I'm I'm pretty excited. I don't have a lot more to talk about than just the generally, generally positive things I've been hearing about it. Yeah, it's not out for a couple more days. So, And you know, there's not enough on Sunday to watch. Right, right. There's so, one thing I want is more TV I need to watch on Sundays. Yeah. Between the hours of 9 and 11, please. Yeah, can you? Well, one yeah. more show. We need one more. <laughs> uh, bump up Boardwalk a month. Have it day, day there you this go. weekend, too. That would put us on full fucking alert. Sure. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about The Strain? Okay. Yeah? Speaking of a show that I might be, oh. might, might be opening up uh, some room on my schedule for. You've seen the latest, two, latest two episodes. I have not. Yeah, so I watched those a couple nights ago, and there are some things that I like. Some things are getting more interesting. The plot is heating up a bit. Uh, there's still some shit that no one wants to see ever, but mm. like like Corey Stahl's terrible wig at the end of the third episode. Uh, he has to beat... So, there are like four passengers who were released from the hospital. Sure, sure. You got um, Marilyn Manson, the bitchy lawyer, the, the captain. Bald dude. But it was the captain's. Yeah, was it was the, the captain. Dude, right? I, who was the other? The fourth uh, there's person? this tall, lanky guy who just goes home to his kind of religious, fanatical wife or something. Okay. Um, so he turns into. They all start turning into vampires. Sure. Right? They're, that started in episode two. I'm going to say something. It's going to sound ridiculous. Their okay. dicks fall off. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you don't need to... <laughs> Why wouldn't they? And I'm not kidding when I say their dicks fall off. Like, we practically see their dicks fall off. There's a scene of Marilyn Does Manson... Does the bitchy lawyer's dick fall off? No. Okay. No, her dick does not fall off. <laughs> does does her vagina invert, become a dick, then to fall off? I assume that her vagina disappears because we see Marilyn Manson pissing into a toilet. Uh-huh. Then we hear something fall into the toilet and we get a full frontal shot of him with just a smooth rounded out pelvis nothing there's no blood there's like not a no he just dropped off and that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard i'm with you i'm with you that is so (laughs) ridiculous i mean it just detaches with nothing there No, no sign that it was ever there what was holding it on suction apparently yeah god well, how do you yeah. know that he wasn't just, uh, you know, a sexless being before that had a, a, a dildo with a suction cup sucked onto him? There was no attachment <laughs> point. I mean... Because it happens to all of them? 
Like you can see even the bitchula again. The bitchula loses her cock. No, this I assume is... she loses her vagina. Okay. Uh, but you see this kind of developing. So the a really cool scene uh, happens at the beginning of episode three, I think it is, um, where you see the German guy. Well, okay, no, you see a vampire, and you see him. You see wigs, you see prosthetics, you see him meticulously applying all these things, and he turns out to be the German guy. Okay. Uh, not particularly surprising at the end so of that scene when he is the German guy. he doesn't look that human? He does not look that human no. when he starts off? he looks very unhuman. He What's has he... no ears, he has, he's missing most of his nose, uh, he's like got gray and brown, like, mottled skin. Wow. Uh, I'm surprised he... he looks as human as he does then. Jesus. Yeah, you can tell this process is a very detailed and uh intricate one so that was kind of cool just seeing that he is definitely not anything like what we thought he was sure uh and it raises the question how much does the old guy who he's uh the old billionaire who he's working with know about that right have we seen a good look at the master's face yet no the master isn't even in these two episodes no kidding so he like uh, scares the shit out of the billionaire and he's out what is what is the billionaire acting like these last two episodes is he just business uh, pretty, as usual or does he show does he does he shaken by this experience of meeting the master well he's it's pretty much business as usual as far as i can tell except near the end of the second episode he falls very ill his his liver is giving out i mean he's, he's a really old guy and he's got health problems you could tell obviously i think he was on dialysis earlier and now his liver's failing and they've got a replacement liver for him and all this stuff uh, but he seems to be waiting for some big event, like he was promised something by this German guy to to save his life. You know, I, th- I think the meeting the master would have had a more profound impact on someone. You would think so, yeah. They don't really go there at all. Huh. Um, but there is a custody hearing with uh, Corey Stahl and his wife and his kid. Oh, joy. Or... or Discovery, I, I don't know exactly what it was. But Did he win the case so he gets to continue to disappoint no. his, his child? No, no. He was actually uh, kind of disappointed in his child because he had coached him to say, hey, I want you know joint custody oh. with my parents. Oh, that's great. But when asked, the kid was like, no, no, my dad's not going to do a great job with me more than a couple times a month. So give him a couple weekends a month. And that's it. That's and perfect. His dad, his dad was angry about it, but that's exactly like the kid knows what his dad no, wants g- and needs. Right on. So much better than he does. Oh my god! He was. Did he express displeasure at his son? Did yes. he yell at him? No, he didn't yell at him. He he was just very disappointed. You oh could tell. my god! That kind of mind fuck on a kid. <laughs> that and he's the fact the that he's so oblivious. Oh, to his own proclivities. Wow. Right. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that was actually. I there kind are of people like that. that are that fucking clueless about the decisions of their life and how they impact, but they're not usually in high-ranking, important positions because they're usually that dumb. cluelessness, blundering through life, not knowing what the hell, gets them in trouble before they get to that stage. Ah, yeah, yeah. Unless he was born rich, maybe he, maybe we'll find out that he was like a billionaire's son. I think he could afford better wigs. Well, but that's the thing. He's he's been a pariah. He's been cut off of the trust fund, okay. and now he had to settle for this high-ranking government job that he's wildly underqualified for. And settle for this mediocre wig. All right. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I do like how they portrayed uh, the vampiric hunger, the hunger for blood. Um, it's kind of these – it kind of – it zones you out 
um, mm-hmm. almost like Walt zones out in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some ringing in the ears. Goes in a huge state to take off the clothes and they head to the near supermarket. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> but then there's a voice in the back of their head, too, that's mumbling some some words we're not supposed to understand. Okay. It's, it's like Latin or something. Sure. Uh, it's, it's Transylvanian. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of just... Blue, it's not blue. a conscious decision. Some blue? That's what it's, that's, if you turn yeah. on the closed caption, that's like what it is. Count Chocula, basically. <laughs> uh, so it kind of just compels them. They they have really no control over whether or not they're going to go eat humans or animals or just fine mm. blood. Mm. Like they they lose control of that. Hmm. Uh, so they can drink animal blood. It's all. I think so because the the lanky dude with the crazy wife uh-huh. uh, eats their dog. Well, that makes sense because this is a more biological, less mystical type of vampire. Yeah. And it seems like if they're wanting to eat blood, then they would just yeah. anything with that blood. Sure. Maybe needs warm blood, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he ends up chained in the, the garage or the, the shed out back. And his neighbor comes over and apparently they've been complaining about the dog a lot. And he mm. thinks it's a dog in the shed. And... He asks this woman for permission to go in there and teach it a lesson, like to beat the dog. Yeah, and he's going to mount it. And the dog owner gives the okay. Like, there aren't alarm bells going off in this guy's head. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll give my neighbor permission to go beat my dog. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when she opens it, she pushes him inside and the guy eats him. Uh, the vampire husband eats him. Some co- That was probably the, so the worst part of this episode. It. The wife's in on this. Yeah, well, she saw it was kind of a gradual change. You know, he came home from the hospital. He was sick. Uh, he got up. His eyes were all bloodshot. His mm-hmm. teeth are starting to rot out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, she's on board with yeah. feeding her neighbor to him. Yeah, she's a fanatic of some kind. Huh. I don't okay, know. I guess that's a part that I'm missing that makes – because to me, that seems like really already I'm calling bullshit on that behavior. It is, and I can call bullshit on it while I was watching the episode. So, But if she's like the like, – you know, like these serial killer wives – uh-huh. Where they are like complicit in it and even supportive of it. Sometimes you get that. Yeah, that would I think be kind she's of one of those. That would be kind of interesting. I wouldn't call bullshit on that dynamic. So yeah, the way that they explained it and the way that they portrayed it was not good. Oh, it's not. It's it's kind of borderline poorly executed. Yeah, yeah. Shock, shocking. <laughs> Something that was kind of interesting: the Russian guy, the the exterminator. We totally forgot to mention him when we we're talking about the second episode. I, I don't know that he's Russian. Like, his accent is either bad or he's he's not really Russian. Um, I've seen him in all kinds of stuff playing flunkies and stooges, and he does not have a hint of Russian accent, I don't think. I I think maybe he was doing it for a job or something. I I don't know. I'll have to to check next episode and make sure he still has an accent. But he sees... Would you say it's a Transylvanian accent? Is that what's throwing you? It could be. (laughs) Uh, he sees a bunch of rats fleeing out of a sewer after he, he does one of his extermination jobs. Uh, something is clearly not right here in New York if the rats are fleeing. Mm. Uh, and it's right next to the river, so they're kind of running out along the bridge. Uh, a lot of them. A ton Vampire of them. smorgasbord walking out. guess so. Uh, then in episode four... Uh, Shit kind of hits the fan. So, like at the end of episode three, they get and, and the, by the, the way, the inside the end of episode one, we had a slew of vampire corpses, whatever class of vampire those, just loose in the streets of New York. Oh yeah, forgot and, about those. And we and and we still haven't heard. Or no. 
they're on a there's a hundred of them at least a plane full yeah that got out and stormed out of a morgue on a rampage now and we're days later and we're still not hearing about what the hell's going i guess they hit to the sewers and that's what's driving rats away could be yeah but nobody saw them nobody saw them uh, so at the end of episode three, throughout episode three, they're trying to take care of this captain and figure out what's wrong with him. Uh, at the end, he gets up and he walks out and he's looking for blood. He goes down to the blood the blood bank portion of the hospital, starts sucking out all the blood. Uh, all three of the doctors, the CDC guys, find him uh, and they battle him and they kill him. And Corey Stahl, Stahl kills him in uh, horrific fashion by... With his wig. Basically <laughs> pulverizing. Well, that's part of it. He, he stuffs he, his wig down the guy's throat, <laughs> chokes him to death. You thought it looked bad. How does yeah, it taste? the vampire tentacle, can't. that's the one thing it can't pierce <laughs> yeah. is polyester wig material <laughs> or whatever the hell they make wigs out of. Yeah, I like it because the, the captain tries to stick his crazy alien tongue out mm. uh, a couple times and Corey just dodges it to the oh, left yeah. and the right. Sure, sure. Uh, and then he bashes his head in with a fire extinguisher. Did the captain turn... Is the captain... Do these vampires turn evil? Or they just have this uncontrollable the, hunger thing? Bloodlust, yeah. Okay. So they're relatively the same people they once were uh, at this point? No. G- kind of. When they're not super hungry, mm. they're almost normal. Like the Marilyn Manson guy. Have we seen... Are we Since his cock fell off, have you seen him? Is he still rocking the long wig? Is he still trying to bang groupies? Is he... Concerned about his album dropping, I th- so he is before that. I'm I'm not sure about after that. I don't know that we see him after he's cockless. Okay, uh, but yeah, they kill the captain, uh, bashing his head in, and then it, the worst dummy ever. I mean, you can tell at the end of episode three that it's a bad dummy. His ankles are all like just floppy, <laughs> like you'd see out of a silicone dummy. Uh, but then in episode four, they get really close and they examine it and uh-huh. it is fucking terrible. It is the least lifelike dummy I've ever seen on TV. They need to pick up the phone, get with the leftovers, call the lo- the loved ones company. Yes. 40 grand. They can fix that problem. Absolutely. Uh, so terrible, terrible dummy to start off episode four. Uh, also starting off episode four, Carlton Cuse is the one who says previously on the strain. Uh, yeah. uh it's definitely his voice. I've, I've heard him. On some lost stuff, yeah. He's like a producer, executive mm. producer on this, uh, so involved in it in some way. Was he Linda Lost's right hand man, or was it the other way around? He's Linda Lost's right hand man. I feel like he I'm was lost. tutoring Linda Loff. Okay, um, and that was kind of Linda Loff's big break. Whereas Carlton Cuse has kind of been around for a while because Cuse is older, oh, okay. uh, significantly older. Um. <laughs> anyway, so they have a scene where. You know, they're dissecting this body to f- to figure out what's wrong with it, and they're taping it. And Sean Astin's character is just like, no, no, I don't want any of this. This is disgusting and horrifying. Um, he's worried about going to jail, you know, because he obviously did something wrong. And he confesses that he let the van through uh, with the box of soil and all that. And I, he, at some point, says, like, you know, I had a family. He tries to rationalize it. He's he's kind of the opposite of Corey Stahl's character, uh, whereas Corey's all about his work to the neglect of his family. He's kind of the other way around. Like mm. I'm I'm just trying to do my like right by my family, 
yeah, I may have just fucked the entirety of Manhattan, but mm. and potentially the world. Sure, but I was trying to help my family. That's yeah, so what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah, so you know, you know two I sides know. of a shit coin. There. Yeah, I don't know what I do. Like if they're like, uh, if you need the money, because his wife is sick. Your spouse and and your child versus all of Manhattan. That's a, that's a really because like <laughs> these people I care about more than the whole world versus a bunch of assholes I don't know. But there's a bunch of them. But there's a bunch of them, and I yeah. I am a decent human being despite all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> I you know I I don't what the hell do you do? I, it's a very good question because we find out in this episode that his wife is uh, terminally ill. I think she has cancer of some kind, and she's been denied uh, entrance to a special experimental treatment mm-hmm. uh, program, and the German in exchange for helping them out has gotten her into this program okay because uh, he couldn't afford it so he gave her he gave them money and do you know what's a cure for everything vampirism money just ask magic johnson <laughs> yes exactly. it works direct application <laughs> but yeah vampirism would be too uh and i figure that's where the old guy is going i kind of oh, okay well it's like do you think that that's going to be a, an epic double cross of uh Samwise Gamgee, that it's going to turn out to be this medical treatment's going to end up her being a vampire. <laughs> I I don't think so. Because why? It I was mean, a hospital-sanctioned vamp- thing. Why do these vampires have any kind of fealty to these humans at all? Like the the street yeah. ruffian. I mean, why do they? Just because of their their numbers, I guess the vampires aren't numerous enough to actually put up any kind of threat. So they're going to keep their promises up until like when the whole world's vampire is it goes is the only going to be left is Sean Astin and his wife and kid and held up in the hospital and that billionaire, yeah. They're the last humans left on earth. Come on. Yep. I don't know. Well, we'll see. There's also a pretty terrible line I thought from Corey's character where he says uh like Sean Astin just wants to get this over with, get rid of the body, just run away from it, don't do anything. He's like, now, when it finally means something, the CDC is going to just let this go. We're just going to run. I'm like, it's not (laughs) vampiricism. Mm -hmm. It's not the only threat to humanity worth the CDC's effort. Sure. Like, that is selling the CDC's efforts a little bit short, I think. However... Ebola, you know, <laughs> a, a numerous amounts of plagues that have stricken the world. Uh-huh. We've, we've worked with all those, and we've got them under control. But, you know, now it matters. Right, right. Now it fucking... Come on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I maybe was that a commentary on just how slipshod that's been this whole season? That no. the CDC's like gets in petty pissing matches and lets public health threats go free because of stupid political concerns. Maybe, but I think in the context it was it was very much like a slap in the face of the CDC to me anyway. Interesting, yeah. Especially since there's some real life shit going down at the CDC right now. Yeah, yeah, the Ebola stuff. Yeah, so that's kind of where we leave it. You know, mm. billionaires uh, stuck in a. A medical facility, uh, although I think it's still within his tower or wherever he is. Okay. Uh, and and they know I mean, that something is up. Oh, and Walter Frey comes in and executes some motherfuckers with that really? sword. Yeah. Is he a badass? Yeah. How, how does this decrepit old fuck do it? <laughs> I mean, he's a badass in the sense that he can take one swipe at a vampire and its head is off. Okay. With that silver sword. All right. Uh, and, and they do make a point of saying, like, he goes to trial 
during this these couple of episodes for what for having a fucking sword in the airport okay they're like it's one thing to like you know be spouting lunacy or whatever it's another thing to have this and they pull out the sword Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's like oh oh well i forgot i had that on me i use that for walking i'll melt it down later on and of course he doesn't right they give it back to him and he goes and kills vampires with it sure well that's a better use for it i agree uh, so he doesn't do any crazy Yoda shit, it's just... No, it's just he walks in, slices a vampire's head off, uh, and does the same to another. For what, where does he walk into? I'm trying to think, like, what is the plot point of this? Where was that? I don't know, it's all, so, it's all to get... Does it feel like they're put, hurting him and the Russian exterminator together to be some kind of badass team? No, because he does it in front of... Uh, Corey in front of all the CDC people. Oh, okay. So Corey's definitely on board. Um, is it Sarah? I don't know. I don't know Corey's name either. Ephraim? I, uh, yeah, Ephraim Dr. is his name. I don't know Sean Ass's name. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Samwise. Yeah, yeah. I'll just call her Sarah. I think that's an appropriate name. Okay. Um, she is kind of not on board. Like, she's up in the air on it. Uh-huh. She's like, well... This is just a crazy old man. Like, I understand some weird shit is happening, but I don't know about going vampire hunting. Uh-huh. Where Corey's all in. Well, but did she see the vampires get beheaded? Yeah. And she's still skeptical of it? Or and just she, doesn't think this is a wise course of action? She doesn't know that it's the best course of action. Okay, yet. good. Because if she's still like, that could be anything. No, because she saw the... They did a full autopsy on the captain. Oh, like, and he's... All three of them. And their anatomy, we already know, is kind of fucked up. It's, well, it's more fucked up than we thought. Really? They open them up, and there are, like, some tubules growing through their dried-up, rotted lungs, and, like... There's riddled they have worms, no dicks, too, right? They have no vaginas. Uh, yeah, they have a bunch of worms under their skin. They have that tongue thing, that which they actually pull out, and it's, like... An organism itself Ooh. that dies when it's separated from the host, but it is seems that, like that's the core. That of... is the vamp. That's what these worms turn into. Because I'm so. trying to get is like I this a so. hive mind kind of ant type colony situation where they have one queen that's the master or whatever, or is this like Maybe. that that big worm tongue? Is that the main organism that has a separate consciousness from and then it's making babies essentially? It, yeah, it feels like. Kind of like the alien chestburster, except it has control over the host. Ah, all right. So, well, can't wait to catch up on that. <laughs> uh, it seems it sounds Some of entertaining. It's pretty cool. Some of it is bullshit. But okay, uh, I got another quick take. Uh, I saw Sharknado two, which was another. Uh, you know, Sharknado was a social media phenomenon. You know, yeah, it had like millions of tweets, whatever. I saw that there was 100 million tweets generated from Sharknado 2. Oh, Jesus. But this thing, and, and we saw, because we want, went to see, we're big fans of the guys behind Rift Tracks, which were, is the old Mystery Science Theater 3000 crew. Mm-hmm. And they did a live riffing of the original Sharknado two or three weeks ago, which we got to see in a theater. Um, they're actually having a live riffing of Godzilla this Thursday. Yeah, it's this Thursday. Check, hmm. uh, go on uh, rifttracks.com and check if it's available in your area. I highly recommend going. It's really funny. Uh, but when they showed the preview of Sharknado 2, that we were kind of like, ooh, boy, they might have gone, they might have gone too far. They might have <laughs> gone too far this time. Uh-huh. So I was kind of skeptical. I sat down to watch it. It's awesome. It's. Huh. 
it's Adam West Batman level of self-aware satire that actually becomes kind of clever. Okay. Like there's some scenes in the beginning that I'm like, this is like Zucker level police squad slash airplane satire. <laughs> and then they actually threw the guy, the star of airplane in as the captain. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, they even are aware of that level of their shit. Like, they That's are fully cool. engaged and aware, and it's full ridiculous all the time. Everyone's having a, a super good... I mean, I just, it's impossible to hate, I guess. There's a people in the... Because I posted something on, on Facebook to see what people thought. It seemed like that's a majority opinion. There's still a, a, a strong undercurrent of haters. Mm-hmm. But I... I mean, you have to watch it going in thinking that it's going to be a howler. And yeah. I don't think you can be disappointed. The special effects are not better. Okay. But well, you there's... don't really want them to be, right? No, and but there's tons more of them. Like, okay. they do some really inventive, hilarious shit with these actual Sharknados going on now. <laughs> okay. And some of – they also have, like, these real-world, like, people from the Weather Channel. And they had Al Roker from the Today Show – and they're talking about the shark weather as if it's you know, and, and it's completely deadpanning things like, like a there's a strong phenomenon. southwesterly shark shark wind. <laughs> you have to watch the southwesterly shark wind is blowing up the kid, and it's it's it, and they've got like um, while government officials are being openly skeptical of tornado of shark based meteorological phenomenons. The weather channel people have like storms with instead of high and low pressure, they got different species of shark. Oh, Hammerhead the, and yeah, I mean, it's, just, white. it's fucking ridiculous, but it's it's so good. I think they can keep making these for a good long while as long as their ideas remain this strong. Okay, it's kind of like Trimmers, right? Trimmers got yes. more and more ridiculous, but in kind of the same way. Yeah, that's a good... Or Gremlins. Yeah. Gremlins to Gremlins 2. It's like Gremlins was one level, and uh, then Gremlins 2 took it... Those are all, all better works of fiction, by the way. Yeah, there's like an era, right? Between like late 80s, early 90s, where they just kind of went silly with stuff. Yeah, they had stuff like Chud. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's coming back. Child's Play is kind of in that vein. Yeah. Where it tries to be legitimately scary. This doesn't even try to be scary. Yeah. I mean, it's horrifically bloody. It's not something I, th- I think my son would. I think my son would freak out about, but n- maybe in a year or two he'd be ready for it. Is there any character as funny as the drunken bar guy from episode, from the first one? A Judah Friedlander, okay, who's almost unrecognizable without the trucker cap uh-huh. and like whatever you crazy hair and beard thing going on. Um, he's he's pretty funny. All right. Um. I don't know. I, that's that's a that's a tough one. I mean, Tara Reed. Uh, there's a couple lines she deliver. She's back. Where I swear to God, she's having a stroke. It might be where she just her speech is slurred and she's not. I mean, it's kind of like occasionally I get on the podcast. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm a big big mumble mouth, but I'm also not okay. A I highly guess paid I, actor. I guess I am paid to speak. That's. I'm I'm starting to have a crisis of confidence here, but <laughs> but if I would say something like um, I we would either do another take or I would <laughs> say something to make fun of it. That's just like that that takes good. That's what we wanted from you, Tara. Solid gold. Go back go back to the trailer and have another fifth of vodka. Come back, <laughs> get all amped up again. It's full on ridiculous. Cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. It's it's really good. All right. I'll check uh, it out. That's, uh, so there's, that's, that's my recommendation for Sharknado. Back to you, Jim. 
Falling Skies, baby. Falling Skies. Oh, my God. The show that somehow manages to keep me hooked uh, throughout four seasons now. Uh, so I saw two more episodes of this. It's been a couple weeks since we talked about it. Uh, a lot of stuff happened with... Are, are, do you remember any of the stuff that you saw sure. previous in this season? Okay. Uh, so when I say Tom, you know that he's Noah Wiley. Mm-hmm. And he's got the three kids, the oldest of which is Hal. They kind of show up at Lexi's. You'd be better off saying Noah Wiley, but sure. Noah Wiley and his oldest son yep. show up. At, who's, who's got some kind of de-harness superpowers. At the blonde alien baby... The slash, grew up rapidly and yeah, now, 21 year old she she has strong emotions and has a coma or something yeah yeah so this time like they show up and she goes into a cocoon mm. and she's uh gonna metamorphize a little bit she's got a real strong khaleesi look going about her she does she's got a khaleesi coon khaleesi cocoon and she's starting to get a following for sure although once she goes into her cocoon people turn on her they're like oh boy <laughs> what is gonna come out of that cocoon and the the Volm, who are the good aliens working sure. with the humans, seem to be reluctant to talk about it uh, until one point where they tell how uh, this we've seen this before, and only bad shit comes out of those things. All right. So the people are fucking freaked out, and of course, this is Tom's family, and Tom Noah Wiley is all about family. Sure. Like that is if there's one core principle that guides Tom, it is family. Hmm. Uh. So he he refuses to let them do what they think needs to be done, which is to kill Lexi before she comes out of that cocoon. Uh, and they're, Anne, who is his wife, I, I don't know if they actually got married. He met her after the thing and uh, after the invasion happened. Wifey. Let's call her wifey. Wifey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she is under hypnosis from the doctor, who's played by, you know, Sean, whatever his name is from House. Okay. Uh She's under hypnosis to try to figure out how to get her safely out of this cocoon uh, because she herself was in a cocoon when she when she was on the alien ship uh, and her daughter was kind of turned into what she became. Okay. It's really weird. I know. I know. My eyebrow keeps cocking <laughs> higher and higher. It's about to float into my hairline. Yeah. So she's under hypnosis to try to remember what she can't remember about how she got out of her cocoon. Okay. So they can get Lexi out of hers. Jesus Christ. They have a Vulcan's like a mind meld. Uh, no, they okay. don't. They don't. Um, so Tom's trying to defend her this whole time. And eventually it comes down to, he's not going to be able to, but Lexi hatches out of her cocoon. Um, or it starts to, and he's like, okay, he tells his son, look, if, Anything bad comes out of there, I will take responsibility. Well, how did and, they find and, bad? Like the Volm, who are the good guys, like have their, their and, faces like jet black assholes. I, if it comes out and starts wreaking havoc. Okay. Because that's what the Volm says it's going to do. It's going to just come out batshit insane and just kill everything around Okay. It. All right. Uh, so he promises that if that happens, I will take care of it before it hurts anyone. You guys retreat a little bit. Uh, she, Lexi comes out. She seems normal. Right. She looks just like she did before. Really? She's basically normal. What the fuck do you cocoon up for then? If you're just going to come out the same. Uh, but then they, they have the, the townspeople come back looking for some some action. And Lourdes, who is kind of her most faithful follower, never gave up her belief in Lexi, uh, goes up and says, Hey, uh, please don't abandon us. We know that we... 
doubted you and we know we wanted to kill you and all that, but please don't leave us. And she says, well, I'm going to. And Lorda says, just take me. I want to be free. I, I just want to be with you guys. And she says, okay, you can be free. And she kills her right on the spot. Lexi? Lexi kills Lourdes. Does she have like some kind of weird killing appendage she uses or is she just... Uh, so she puts her hand on her chest and it just kind of sucks her life out like Rogue Holy from shit. X-Men. Okay. Uh, and the people around her try to stop her. They pull up their weapons, but then Lexi takes control of everyone uh, and forces them to not move. Okay. And just keeps them in place while she does this. And then she walks off uh, not to be seen again by these people. Okay. So now Tom has a crisis on his hands, right? Okay. He has promised to take care of it, won't let it hurt anybody, but it has. So now he's lost his faith in himself, I guess, and mm-hmm. his decision-making capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, until So Tom flips the script a couple of times, or gets a f- script flipped in his mind, uh, and just changes his mind a couple times. First, he's all family, and I want to protect her. Then he's all like, I shouldn't have protected her. I should have killed her. Then Anne puts up, but she's family. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have killed her. I did the right thing. Let's go find her. <laughs> But before they can do that, the the alien that he melted the face off of okay. uh, amasses a force outside the city and is going to attack, and they come up with a brilliant plan to funnel them through Chinatown and destroy them. It all backfires uh, because a gas main breaks. Like, they drop thermite on the heads of the mechs, and that works. Okay. But it just busts open a gas main, and that blows up and kills, like, half of the second mass. <laughs> so Tom now has all that blood on his hands as well. Uh there is a plot where a World Cup uh, haircut guy and Tom want <laughs> World Cup haircut is like a ex marine or something. He's a sharpshooter, okay, and he's got this rifle that he's always making a big deal about how he can shoot hundreds of yards. Sure. So he's going to try to get a clean shot, and he's going to teach Tom how to do it because Tom wants to be the one to take this guy out. Right? That's stupid. <laughs> uh, so. Instead of doing that, he knocks Tom out and he hides him and he takes Long the shot. Long distance sniping is something you can just give a right? person a Not couple a of brief pointers and turn him loose. Yeah. So he doesn't do that. He knocks Tom out. Um, and he puts his mask and goggles on. You know how he was? Tom was the ghost before? Mm. Um, kind of this this rogue element within the camp okay. uh, that the Asfini put them in. Well, he puts those goggles on and you're supposed to think that this is tom under there okay. nobody bought that nobody bought that why just because they're radically different sizes or shapes no or? they're roughly the same size but you know that tom is not going to a kill this this only antagonist at this point uh-huh. the only like named antagonist uh-huh. uh and and b you know that tom couldn't take that shot okay. and, and hit him okay. so Oh, you're so you're saying that the viewer is supposed to assume that's tom yes oh but no one does no oh, one does. okay uh, or at least I didn't, being the only viewer in the room. <laughs> the audience of one here. Yeah. Um, and then, so he knocks Tom out, he hides him, tries to take the shot, he misses, being the sharpshooter that he is with a Civil War era gun. And Wait, what? he gets killed. It's a Civil War era gun? Yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> right? Okay. They make a big point about it being, like, the best gun oh, in the Civil you. War. I know. Fuck you. Maybe the, the best, best gun, gun in the Civil, Civil War, War was bullshit. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, guess what? We've had 150 years of metallurgy <laughs> and... I know. Oh, Jesus. Not even more. Like, 170... That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing during the episode. Uh, so he's dead now. World Cup haircut is no more. 
uh, and Tom is kind of stuck in this city. Everybody else has retreated into uh, uh, bunker. What, what do you call those? Uh, yeah, fallout shelter. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. Uh, that was in the city, and they were using for meetings with their highest staff before. So everybody's huddled down there except for Tom, who's kind of stuck in the middle of it, underneath the cement column thing. Who's fallen over, and now he's probably going to have to get back to his people somehow. But that's where they leave us. Hmm. Oh, oh, and also Ben, who is his middle son, mm-hmm. uh, has gone out after Lexi. He's the one with the spikes in his neck. Okay. Who can be fucking mind-controlled by the mm-hmm. aliens. Sure, yeah. Guess what happens? What happens? He gets mind-controlled by the He gets mind-controlled by the aliens, and he goes into the ship with Lexi. All right, all right. Against his will. Didn't see that coming. Maybe not a good idea, Ben. <laughs> Jesus. So that's where they leave us with all the characters. So what's your uh, relative level of uh, please with this season? It seems like it's taken a sharp turn south since I last checked in with you. Well, despite some of the stupid, shitty stuff, I still really like... Because there's there's a whole discussion in episode four, I think, or the second episode I watched, which is seven, I think, um, about like the tactics of how they're going to get... These people funneled and like the the history of, oh, this has been done before. They send the Volm out to blow a bridge, which necessarily forces them around the river okay. uh, down into Chinatown where they set up an ambush. It just happens to go wrong because they didn't expect the thermite to bust the gas main. It seemed like a solid plan. So I like the kind of stuff that, that Tom's able to do when he puts his mind to it. And it's interesting. I don't like the flip-flopping of that character. Um in the end, I think they made the best decision for that character, though, to, to be on the side of a family. Because that's his core tenet. Without sure. that, he's just a smart historian guy, military leader. My mind's just blown that they tried to pull the Civil Era, Civil War. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I want to say, like, you got a detail wrong. Because how can anyone in a straight face, face say a Civil War era rifle is the most <sighs> accurate? I, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's what they said. I mean, even if he said World War One era, this is I ridiculous. I, yeah. I don't know. But I guess it's if it's a couple hundred yards. It's not that. 700. Really? Yeah. They're snipe. Like, they were complaining that the rifle, the modern rifle that Tom has could not shoot as far as accurately. As I mean, that might be true. Civil I don't know what rifle. rifle that Tom's got. Looks like he had an M4 or something. I don't know. I mean, but the fact that there's a Civil War era that could shoot from that far, maybe. I, again, I'm a I'm a gun lover, not a gun nut. I maybe we'll get some emails saying, "Oh yeah, there's blah blah blah." But I would think there's so many other modern rifles that would be much more readily available that he, would do the would job so. better. Uh, yeah, he's really enamored with this rifle. All right, well, he's the time of guy that you know puts it in bed and fucks it every night. I think so. Yeah, as a forty mil forty. Uh, <laughs> Small barrel, though. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, I don't know about that. He's got a forty caliber <laughs> dick. Hope he doesn't drop off. <laughs> well, he's dead, so doesn't matter. So I, I don't know. I'm continually perplexed and interested in the show. All right. Well, do you want to hear me talk about Penny Dreadful or The Bridge? Uh, Penny Dreadful. All right. It is true. The hype is warranted. Uh, I watched. It's scary. I watched five episodes. I don't... It's hard for me to judge because I am getting... I can feel myself being more inured to the whole horror. And you should be, be jump scares would get me every single time. Yeah. I knew they were coming. 
but detention building techniques worked. So I still could uh-huh. feel myself involuntarily. Like I'd have to say, no, no, just relax your fucking shoulders, man. <laughs> there's the camera's going to pan away. The camera's going to pan back Ooh. and there's going to be some fucking things scary behind her. And then it's going to, it's going to play a, a bunch of fucking strings and you're going to jump. Now yep. I'm to the stage where I recognize it and, but it's just such a low level anxiety the, and it's so predictable. A, a couple of beats that they can use, right? Yeah. And you know, like, okay, we're at another beat. Something's potentially going to happen. Yeah. All right, nothing happened. We're at another beat. Yeah. Keep keep alert for it because it's going to happen. So there's techniques you can use where they mix up the jump scares with the real scares with the yeah. false jump scares. And combined with characters that I actually give a shit about, hmm. I can be scared. Or I, mean, I can be concerned. But it's I, – yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. There is a lot of um, – horrific stuff that happens uh like graphic violence or not just that but just like there's this one scene in particular involving frankenstein dr frankenstein so here's the other thing i did not know that penny dreadful a mix of all the penny dreadful is is a much more horrific league of extraordinary gentlemen where they've taken (laughs) they've 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 mixed up vampires and werewolves and dracula's i wouldn't be surprised if there's mummies later on uh, and and they're putting this together in one big stew, and uh, you know, kind of pushing frappe on it. Which that's a a benefit and a weakness because I actually am fairly steeped with the in the classic horror. Yeah, like you know, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Bram Stoker's Dracula, and they're cribbing kind of cool. They're cribbing a lot of elements directly from those stories, not the Hollywood versions that people are more familiar with. Okay. More of this kind of original stuff. But there's a, a particular... Which were much darker. Yeah. yeah. And then more, like you said, like horror in the sense that it's creepy and... Yeah. Uh, you know, Makes your I, skin crawl the versus first time I read, jump scare. Uh, the first time I got a Kindle, was it several years ago... Yep. I discovered all these free and, and all these things are free, like uh, Dracula. I actually sure. creep myself up uh, at staying up and reading Dracula because there's just stuff that's not like, you know, not gory or anything. We're just yeah. really horrific the way it's described and the way the language is used. And then this is, these just really eerie scenarios where maybe nothing even scary happens, but it's like, God, there's just so much dread around you. Yeah. But there's this one particular thing with the. Uh, Frankenstein and and his interacting with the various monsters that I was completely unprepared for and was <laughs> qu- really affecting. And I don't want to tell you because you might actually get around to watching yeah, that. Yeah, I'd like to. But they lulled me in thinking that this was going to happen and then something else. And, it, it yeah, it was, it was pretty sickening. And they also have just – they'll go in the rooms. They'll just be just bodies and blood and weird <laughs> shit everywhere. And they're slipping yeah. around. Um, and the show looks great. It's like Greg Nicotero's living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wall-to-wall carpet, wall-to-wall, half-inch blood. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, there's a little bit of, like, you know, real world, like, there's, there's a slippery. A little bit of, uh, <laughs> what's that one, Peter Jackson? Uh, brain Dead. Or brain dead de- Alive, which little, little bit of a, a Dead Alive. Just a touch of that kind of humor. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I, How's Timothy Dalton? That's really my, good. Okay. Really good as this um 
I don't know what you'd call him. I, I was calling him internally Van Helsing until Van Helsing showed up. Oh, yeah. But he's kind of, I guess he's a more dapper version of the Sean Connery character from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the hmm. movie. Always following in Sean Connery's footsteps, that Timothy Dalton. <laughs> he is! <laughs> no, but he's kind of like this adventurer, and he's got this uh, occult society that he's he's running in turn-of-the-century London, and he's trying to uh, attract all these... Uh, interesting characters and he's got this tragic background with his daughter and there's all oh that was another scene there's a seance scene that goes really psychologically fucked up uh areas where he makes contact with his with his daughter i like it um and uh who else is in it josh hartnett yeah yeah his name yep that's he's plays this um uh, a Wild West kind of sharpshooter, like you, you, like a Buffalo Bill show that's going around in England, and he's like banging chicks on the side, but he's also got this tragic past that involves probably Indian slaughtering that he's feeling bad okay. about. And when does this show take place? Like late eighteen, like eight, okay. late eighteen hundreds, or Jack the Ripper contemporary. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And that's another thing that there's a, some Jack the Ripper subplot that might be monsters or could be Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. Josh Hartnett might be a werewolf. I'm pretty pretty <laughs> okay. sure he is at this point, but they haven't come right out and said it. Hmm. Um, they've got surprise gay sex scenes. They got surprise sex scenes. Uh, they surprise got, sex in any form is always good. Always standing up though. <laughs> this show has got a deal. Like, if you fuck, you uh, must fuck in an inclined position. You can be sitting on a chair. You can be up against a wall. You can mm-hmm. have the man up against a wall. But you must be on two feet when you're fucking, <laughs> uh, with very rare exception. There's a little bit of typhoid Mary. There's a, 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 a prostitute that's got consumption or tuberculosis. Um, they've got the, the Dorian Gray character. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. I can't. Uh, so he's the guy that uh, has a portrait um, in his attic, and that when he does like vile or disgusting sins or takes injuries, the the painting gets more and more fucked up. Reflects but that, he stays yeah. eternally useful. Okay. And they teased where that he was going to go up and look at that picture, and they almost panned around where he could see it, but they didn't quite. So I'm oh, like really looking forward to like finally how much seeing... horrible shit has he done? But like... he's not the terrible guy. So in the book, the thing so it's more it that he's just like a he... shit. He's an evil, evil person, and his soul becomes blackened. And not necessarily, but whereas okay. a lot of popular culture, it's more like he's Wolverine, and the picture takes the hit. So I'm not sure, yeah, yeah, exactly where they're going with that. Okay, um, that sounds interesting. The show looks great. It's extremely dark. It's very wet looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, the female lead, whose name escapes me, is fantastic. She's really hard to. She's not like super gorgeous, beautiful. Although mm-hmm. she's she's just hard to tear your eyes off of. She's very magnetic. Okay. Um, but she's got kind of like a the bearing. Uh, no, nah, I mean that's kind of damn her faint praise. Like the Mary character, the eldest girl that from Downton Abbey, the yeah, eldest yeah. daughter. Mm-hmm. But she's a lot more sassier and and I don't know exactly how to pin that down. But okay. uh, I don't know. I I think it's it's really great. It's probably the, the creepiest thing that I've seen on television in, in, since the Walking Dead pilot, anyway. Good. Yeah, there hasn't been... Or True Detective. There is some scary shit in True Detective, too. That's true, Suspenseful, yeah. horrific things. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm halfway through the season, and it's a, a big mystery. That, that's the other thing that's kind of bothered me, is I feel like I still don't know what the hell 
is going to be the central thing? Is it going to be the the? It seems like it's the vampires is the core concern. It's an ensemble cast, it, of but but <laughs> but Frankenstein, and, and also there's all these heroes, but they've all got their own shit going on. But there's also a thread that's bringing them together. Okay, so it's like you know Frankenstein's monsters blackmailing Frankenstein. <laughs> but he's he's Frankenstein's working. How is he doing that? Just with his existence? Like, uh, I will tell a, people about what no, you did to he's me. No, he's a he's a vicious creature. But he's not. He's he's. How does that blackmail Frankenstein? He'll though? kill him. Like if he, his his whole thing is you. Oh, you, you, that's more. You've got to intimidation make, or extortion. Okay, what did than I blackmail? Okay, well, I guess if you don't make if you don't do something I want, then I'm going to kill you. I guess that's right. That's not blackmail. That's just. Straight up extortion. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But he's also, uh, you understand why, it goes back to the Mary Shelley roots where you understand, like, the the, the monster is not a unsympathetic person. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my biggest problem with that is that I f- find it questioning questionable that a, a, a personage as sensitive and uh, intellectual... And has been through the experiences he's been would be that binge driven that he wouldn't just get like oh I see what the core problem our relationship is mm-hmm. um, instead of you know trying to re it, it, he's it's like it seems like this this creature could either reunite and empathize with his creator and go from there or he could just be a complete fucking dick and he chooses to okay. be a complete fucking dick for reasons that are I don't know that I buy well he's a monster but he's not. <laughs> He's, he's a monster with a heart of gold. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's uh, who, thing about decides the, to be a dick. <laughs> he totally can pass as human. In fact, he does. I was going to say, is are the monsters monstrous, or is it like an I Frankenstein sort of bullshit? Well, I mean, like he's... Like, where, oh, that guy might just have a couple scars. Like, like, well, I mean, first of all, he stays... The only thing he sees is his face, and, like, people mistake him from going through an industrial accident. And is he a superhero? Can he do backflips and shit and wield swords like he an I Frankenstein? He seems like he might be superhumanly the strong. The biggest pile of shit I've no, ever seen. I've never seen that. He does seem like he's superhumanly strong, but not like, okay. oh my god, Incredible Hulk levels. Gotcha. Um, the vampires are definitely of the strain variety. They're they fuck, look. They got weird exoskeletons, and they've got okay. very different faces. And, it's and not things Tom like Cruise and Brad Pitt. No, rocking a, a little bit no, of makeup. It's not True Blood. <laughs> it's it's definitely more the Blade slash uh, okay, the Strain version. So that's kind of cool. Haven't actually seen a werewolf yet, but I suspect they're going to be more of the Twilight, just giant wolf variety than than uh, yeah. the half man, half werewolf wolf in London, thing. yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, but no, it's it's uh, definitely got a recommendation, and I'm uh, going to probably plow through the rest of the series the next free weekend I get. Okay, sounds cool. I'm I'm interested to check it out. I don't know that I'll get to it before the season is over though, because I got a shitload. Well, of the metric. season's already over. It's a completely oh, it in is. the can. Yeah. Perfect. Because yeah. I won't get to it until after the metric ton of shit. No, you've uh, got a boardwalk ton, empire. You got a ton of boardwalk boning to do. Yeah, I, I've seen the first season, but it's been so long ago. I don't know that I remember it. So I'm probably going to go back and watch it all. No, I definitely want to get in on that with you too because I fucking love that show. I'm going to try not to marathon it. I'm going to try to do that's a wise. couple. Like, I don't know how much time I have, though. I only have, like, a month to get through you have exactly five, a month. four seasons. Yeah, four. So that's 40 episodes. So that's, like, one and a half a day. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty much got to do. But it, uh, you <laughs> will want, unless you have no heart and no brain, mm-hmm. you're going to want, like, to marathon certain points. 
Well, I have no courage either. No courage. Yeah. <laughs> well, the wizard can fix you all up, my Perfect. friend. Perfect. But no, you'll, you'll, I, I would be surprised yeah. if you don't rip through like four or five in, in, a, in a weekend afternoon just because yeah. they just get really addictive that way. Sure. Season one was great. And it's it's weird like, that this – the boardwalk rhythm is to kind of lay a whole bunch of track and uh, then the last okay. episode is just a fucking jaw on the floor, oh, my God kind of experience. All right, more of the architect, yeah, sort of. Yeah, they deal. do. They do really intricately plot individual seasons, and I think they kind of architect for free because it's it's more or less based on actual history. These are all historical, and I've I've yeah I have avoided reading anything about these characters more than I already know, like because you know I know the basics about Al Capone, but this was kind of the pre-famous Al Capone, yeah, yeah, which is super interesting. It's um, just going into Prohibition when they start the series, right? Exactly. That's yeah. they kind of kick it off on the midnight of Prohibition starting. Yeah, and then they do that. One thing I'm concerned about is I I hear they're this last season is flash forwarding seven years. Whoa! So they're basically you know they're leaving these people in like relative positions of stability and power, and then they're going to flash forward, and now it's going to be how things fall apart. Yeah. No spoilers. I was going to say they've been showing the previews, which have been. Basically declaring that this is going to be the fall of Nucky and his empire. Yeah, and it's been well circulated in the press that they're doing this big flash forward. Yeah, um, okay. Which I don't know how I feel. On one hand, it's like I love these characters and I'd love to see more of it. But if they can conceive, if they can plausibly have this stasis type thing, and then they can just flash forward in these, I wonder what they're going to do with sure. some, like uh, some of Eli's kids become prominent. I don't know who Eli is, and I don't know who his kids are. They're like they're like late teenagers, and I. It's like you know, it's like Seven the opposite years, Game of Thrones 20s. problem, where it's like Isaac Hinstead Bright is like you know this little seven year old sprite, and oh my god, he's thirty years old. It's going to be the opposite. You got this kid yeah. that can't grow a beard, and he's supposed to be thirty five now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what Just they'll do. Ask Corey Corey Stahl what to do about that. <laughs> He'll tell you. He'll send you the right wig guy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the final show we want to talk about, The Bridge. Yeah, I was going to – I want to throw out a mention, a recommendation recommendation for Hot Wives of Orlando County. Oh, uh, Molly, Following Molly Lambert and Emily, Emily Yoshida on Greatland continues to get me in trouble. First it was Sailor Moon. <laughs> now it's Hot Wives of Orlando County. It's basically a 22-minute um, comedy show that's that's supposed to be a spoof of all the real wives of. Okay. All right. And I don't know anything about those shows at all, except for I used to follow Jacoby and the Re- Re- Grantland Reality TV League, where he would just They're do... giant pieces of shit. No, no, but like <laughs> there's funny stuff about them if you watch them, and that's people kind of hate so. watch it. Yeah. So, but I don't. I'm getting at the point is I know nothing about that, but I find the this show to be hilarious, and they've got a lot okay. of famous, uh, to more or less extent, female comedians that are just nailing these roles. And I, you know, if you got like 20 minutes you wanting to kill, I was doing that with Metalocalypse for a while, and yeah. now I'm doing it with Hot Wives. So, okay. you know, if you're listening to this, you're either all in, it's on, it's it's another one of these Hulu exclusives. Oh, so boy. You're either all in already, and there's nothing I can say to keep you to watch it, you're going to be skeptical, but it's, it's, it's super funny. And if you get roped into watching it with your girlfriend's guys, if I can be a tiny bit sexist here, you will survive the experience. I imagine, unscathed. Okay. How about the bridge? You're out on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, I'm out on the bridge. Not for any specific reason. It's just not grabbing me. 
This I I don't know if it's moving too slow for my taste or what, but I watched episode three last night, and it just didn't do it for me. So I might be out <laughs> pretty soon too. Really? Wow. Okay. I made, it, I made it to the end of the episode four uh, just last night. Episode five comes out tonight, and they've been building up this um, this woman who this killer. Yeah. Right? Is that? Is that where you're going to go with this? The, the, X, the X-Mennonite that yeah, has all I, the crazy just, tattoos. not super interested in seeing her Miss Noct. do anything. Um, she, finally re, she finally makes it across the border through this elaborate tunnel system that involves a the, the bunch of American characters that you don't have any idea about um, and meets back up with Faust, oh, who is uh, the uncle of the, uh, the bridge, as you call him. <laughs> um, yep. And... She, they, they, they. Apparently, she. He has a decent amount of respect for her, and she killed the dude he sent to be her bodyguard because he touched her inappropriately. And he says, "I told her not to touch you." And she goes, "Okay, all right." But Which she was inappropriate to her. What does that mean? I touch have, her at all? No. If you're over the age of fifteen and you touch her anywhere in the body, <laughs> except the breasts. Actually, that's not even true because that's a death <laughs> sentence. If you touch her, whether yeah. she requests it or not, it's a death sentence. Apparently. Apparently. Um. But then he takes her back across the board, and he's like, you know, is our, is our deal still in effect? And he's like, yeah, it is. He's like, well, can I see? And he's like, okay. And she goes around, and this like they're in this dank, super black basement. She goes to this, like, iron bars with one-inch square air gaps, and it sounds like there's a fucking animal in there. And she offers this thing, this this acorn, and this like kind of like human shaped claw comes and snatches it out, and she's like humming what to it like it's a fuck? child. I'm like, if Maybe this is, is some kind child. of fucking sloth from the Goonies situation, I'm I I'm out. I can't do <laughs> it, man. For you, I can't. This show, yeah. if this show stubbornly refuses to be a compelling on the border detective show, and it has to do this crazy ass serial killer slash inhuman monster slash whatever, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. That's the thing. The politics down there are so fucking interesting. the The drug war down there is so fucking interesting. Why? Why do you have to branch off into something crazy? I I went along with the serial killer thing because the rest of stuff was so good. And now there, there's something really twisted about the you know the killer that killed the, um, uh, shit the blonde, Diane Kruger. I forget her. Sonia. Sonya's sister, this the 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 guy that um, Hank shot, the and, brother of the guy she's sleeping with. Now. Yeah, exactly. He's he's yep. dying in the hotel, and they're still boning. And then he had this kind of weird conversation with him and Hank, where you you didn't get the idea of maybe maybe this guy's a bad guy, maybe yeah. Hank's badder than we thought. There was some internet speculation that maybe it turns out that Hank accidentally was involved with the death of her sister, and he killed Hank to, or killed the guy to sh- the to shut him up. I don't. Th- I think that's all crazy. But but regardless, um, there's further evidence that this guy is got some kind of bizarre thing going on because he's uh, this. His brother finally dies. Okay. And he goes over to uh, Sonia's house and sleeps with her and gets up in the middle of the night and steals one of her freaky crayon drawings that her brother did, folds it up, and is going to make off with it. And there's several problems I have with that. Number one, Sonya will fucking notice that oh, the micro yeah. instant she waits, like her eyes are going to snap open and she's going to go to beeline to the fridge and she's, lose her shit. She's going to find one of the doors to her bedroom Yeah, and she's going to go out to the fridge. Yeah. Um, you did meet the uh, the, the mumble mouth, uh, freaky beard Linder character. Yeah. 
were you not interested in him at all? No, I was kind of interested in him. It, so they the kind of talks like this. Yeah, uh, they had a guy hanging up in the barn last I saw, and so he's one of the police officers that raped, gang raped that girl last season. Yeah, and he's showing up because she's a loose end. Uh huh. And they're... he was the guy in the car who saw them at the barn yeah. previously, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they they've got him and and he just starts beating him at the end of the episode. Yeah, and they're still tor- they're still torching him through C- uh, the fourth episode to I'm not sure what end. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. It was they also mildly they, interesting. But... They're very confused about between him and Uncle Rico. They're very confused about who the bat who's the good cop bad cop mm-hmm. because Uncle Rico is like beating the shit out of him, and then uh, this guy comes in and is like, oh, you can't shoot, you can't shoot, my dude. Come on, brother. <laughs> and then it's like then he comes in and beats him hard. Then he's like, okay, I'm reading the Bible to him. He's like Sherman's over, and he just beats yeah. the shit out of the guy. And then this no episode, more Sunday school. In this episode, uh, it's flip-flopped, and now the mumble-mouth guy is the one that sees some good in him, and perhaps I was mistaken. And <laughs> wow. Then, but then at the end, or I don't, I don't know. Um, he asked him if there's any good thing you've done in your life, like as you know before you. How did you get to this path? And is there anything that you've done good in this life? And he, the guy kind of like looks thoughtful. This guy that they've tortured, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's like, yeah, once, and then he's like, didn't it feel good? And and the guy guy in the back is like, preach it, hallelujah. He's going on a religious thing, and the guy kind of spits in his face. He's like, okay, I've had enough of the bonding with my torturers, and they go. It seems like they're going to go right back into it because now Uncle Rico's yeah. like, you want me to cut off his nuts and swap him with his eyes? When I'm like, <laughs> you want me to cut off his fingers, swap him with his toes? Right. I can do all the above. Right, and. <laughs> And uh, one interesting note is, you know, the slick businessman that was kind of the shadowy guy smoking cigars behind Fosto. Oh, yeah, yeah. That turns out to be um, the uh, the Bridges' uh-huh. uh, real life brother. Oh, wow! Okay. And they're like this big, famous kind of like uh, um, Hemsworth brothers of Mexico. Gotcha. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, see, that's one of the more interesting parts of the show. There are two portions of the show that I really like. Yeah. One is Matthew Lillard's quest to find the story here, mm-hmm. uh, figure out what's going on. And secondly, the political cartel versus government stuff. Right. Because you've got uh, the big the big dude mm-hmm. who's on the American side of this from, the, from the FBI, DEA? DEA, yeah. DEA. Is the miniature painter? Yes, miniature painter. Um, he he he's kind of like the good guy in all of this, I guess. The only like clear black and white good guy. Is he good? Because it he's seems the like... one pressing the issue on all of this stuff. I mean, but he's trying to protect. He doesn't the care about reputation. Mexico. He cares about getting Faust for, for Fausto because they killed an agent of theirs, and this is a personal kind of revenge thing. Yeah, I guess so. So maybe his motives are not pure, but he's he's pushing for the right thing. And definitely these guys are bad dudes, so somebody's got to get them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, am I right in thinking that in episode three they showed uh, – you remember how in episode one the miniature painter was talking to the newly appointed politician? Yep. The head of whatever. He is working directly with Fausto, right? Like in there's a scene in episode three where they're in no, the boat warehouse keep- – and some kind of fat politician-y looking guy is talking to Fausto while he's on his boat. 
Yeah, that's the chief of police. I think you're talking okay. about. Must be a different I guy. Think his name's Robert, I believe. All right. Um, Similar looking dude, but just. Yeah, I mean that's the thing the is guy. like, um, if you don't pay close attention, you might be able to get like the the new district attorney or prosecuting attorney for uh, Chihuahua and uh, Damien Bashir's, um, which I can't fucking name Detective Ramirez. What the hell is his name? I don't even know who you're talking about. The the bridge. The bridge? Yeah. Like, his brother kind of has a little bit of the same build and hairstyle, oh, and they both yes. wear glasses, and they both wear suits, and yeah. if you if you don't pay close attention, you might get those guys confused. For sure. Um, but anyway, um, that's another thing. So this, this, this swamp that, um, that, uh, that the bridge... <laughs> I can't believe you got me fucking. Why is it this. so funny to call him the bridge? It's because he's, it's. He's... I know this guy's name. You fucking destroyed it for me. Uh, it's Sonia and Detective the Bridge. The Bridge, El Brijo. Um, he's got this thing where he's trapped between his his uncle and now he's got this businessman and the chief of police and he's trying to get on the American investigation so he can sneak into prison somehow and kill the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. So now, um, speaking of Daniel, him and his partner. Um, who's Daniel? Daniel Matthew Lillard. Yeah, Daniel Fry. Okay, is Matthew Lillard. Um, him and Jesse's girlfriend from Breaking Bad uh-huh. are on the trail of this uh, banker who had the uh, his assistant's ear cut off. Yep, because they found these um, ATM receipts with the trans. Uh, okay, the, the cross dresser, or maybe he's a yeah, because they were investigating. They were following a guy who went to that regional bank, whatever. And he was his body was had all, all these ATM receipts on him, and they okay. found out that this was due to smurfing. It's this complicated money laundering thing, and yeah. they know that this guy has got to know about it. So they stroll into the bank and say, "Hey, what's up with all these uh, ATM receipts?" Uh, he gets this information. I guess he's just smoothed over the the problem with the sixty million dollar drug thing because he's had this conversation like it won't happen again, and you know <laughs> it won't happen. He's already again. stressed out. The reporter shows up and asks him like three questions, and he just blows his head off. He goes out into the parking lot wow. with Daniel and in, I think it's Emily. Um, they're sitting there watching him in the parking lot. He puts a gun in his mouth uh, and blows his head off. Uh, okay, so now that brings the cops. And, like, it feels like all these investigations are closing in, and now the cops, like, they, they trace some of this money. This guy made a phone call to uh, the rich business guys uh, that's behind Fausto's company that's, like, the biggest company in Mexico. Yeah. They go to th- his office, and he shows up, the CEO of the company, to answer their questions. And he's like, oh, I'm going to cooperate. But then he says, can I talk to the detective? Because Sonia and, and the detective show up. Um and he's he goes and uh, he doesn't seem disturbed at all. He's like, I ah, will make this go away, and you're doing a good job. And, then and he blows his head off. <laughs> and he goes and and, and uh, he's like, well, you know, I haven't found your crazy Mennonite girl. He's like, oh, we already found her. It's okay. And I'd like this guy doesn't seem to be upset at all. Meanwhile, the prosecuting attorney has finally gotten to him, and he's agreed to work with them. He's like, if you take down my police chief. Then we'll talk about Fausto, but I'm not going to do anything until you uh, take him down. And they're uh, trying to get witnesses. One of them is going to be the prostitute to try to gather information to take him down. But it's just – so that's super interesting. I'm invested. Yeah. But then I get this fucking uh, sloth from the Goonies scene at the end. (laughs) And it's supposed to be the cliffhanger? I don't give a shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I yeah. like Frankie Patente or whatever her name is as sure. an actress, but I don't buy that character. Her character a, is just not something I'm interested a in. A fucking ex-Mennonite Mexican cartel enforcer <laughs> that kills little kids and shoves them in barrels of ass. It's just, I, that is too weird and out there. And some right. kind of half-human sloth monster that they got in prison that's probably some illegitimate child of hers. Yeah. And that's why she got disassociated from the excommunicated woman. I, I just don't care, man. I just want yeah. to say skip on that, that whole plot line. I'm with you. Maybe we can do uh, the the good cut of the bridge someday where we cut all that shit out. That would be interesting. We just <laughs> pretended that... Uh, I don't think you can cut that out because they're hunting her for a long time and that's kind of the spurs on a lot of the plot, but whatever. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Marco. Marco Ru- Ruiz is his name. I don't yeah, know. It's like bridge. I was wondering if you could if you could cut the serial killer stuff out too. And just just have his offhand comments about his struggles with the family and the relation and the fidelity of his wife, or because that's the other mm. fucking thing. The serial killer turns out to be pretending to be the like the school principal at the school that his wife is teaching at, and he seduces her <laughs> as part of his long term plan for revenge against Marco. Wow, he's an ex CIA agent or FBI agent that. Begins a second career in a, a school administration just so he can befriend and sleep with his wife and murder their son and completely fuck over this guy's life. I just wonder if you could cut it's around all that and make it seem like she just cheated on him with this guy and then we don't hear from them again because they're getting a divorce, which happens early. And, and then you cut mm-hmm. around the the misknocked character or greatly reduce it. That's That's an interesting... Interesting project that we'll never do. Cut out the sloth hands. That's all I know. Yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, un, like I said, I'm, I'm about ready to officially give it up on the strain unless I hear otherwise. But I'm going to give uh, the bridge because you know they went, they went wrong a couple episodes too last season. Still end up being worthwhile watching, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm out on the bridge. All right. That's well, it. Fuck you then. Are That's... you, are you in on Nick's? You're gonna check out Nick's this weekend. The Nick. Hmm. Yeah, the New York yeah, just starting up, so I'll probably check that out. All uh, right, along with I'd really like to get to Penny Dreadful. Sounds awesome, but I yeah, won't. check that out. Maybe we'll be back in I, two I, weeks to talk I can't, about it. I don't have time, man. I got to get on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, sure. I'm not gonna be ready for the new season. All right, um, probably coming back in two weeks. I don't think we'll have time next week to get yeah. uh, another Bald Move TV episode out. But uh, I don't think so. That's all I got to say, man. All right, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>